Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. And we are live. What is going on, insiders and veterans across the world from east to west? DP here, and I have my brother. Introduce yourself, my man. Welcome, welcome. I'm veteran coach, Dr. Mike Smith. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Awesome. We'll, leave, we'll, leave, we'll give some time for folks to start kind of jumping on in. Uh, when we have these sessions, we always like to, the first order of business, is ask you all to go ahead and post your branch of service and the years that you've served. We want to take a second just to recognize you, appreciate you for being here. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Um, you know, you know how it is, Mike, right? You know, we, we, we thank others, but we don't want to receive the thanks. Um, but you got to do on to others as you want them to do on to you. You want to pay it forward. So we want to definitely recognize all of you out there. Uh, if you can see us, if you can hear us, whether you're live or on a replay, we appreciate your service. We appreciate what you've done. Um, and we hope that this afternoon we're able to give you some information that will help you in your VA claim journey overall. So, of course, the quick disclaimer here being, right, it's not medical advice. Um, definitely consult, you know, your medical providers. But we want to give you information to be able to have an intelligent conversation as it relates not only to your claim, but your medical process. So, um while we get some comments up here, Mark, thank you for your service. USMC, Honolulu, Emlyn, Army, thank you for your service. Uh, hi from Tampa from Susan, thank you for your service. Thank you, Ricky, USMC, 2004 to 2008, hoorah. Let's see, we got Joey here, Army, 82nd Airborne, 95 to 99. What branch of service were you in, Mike? I didn't serve, actually. I um. You know, come from a large uh, uh, military family, mm-hmm. um, as you know, a well aware uh, veteran master coach and director of education. Close relation. Year, uh, mm-hmm. a naval veteran, Terrell Morrell, um, is my first cousin. And we actually grew up like brothers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Li- literally. Um, and so uh, um, I'm actually a, uh, a podiatrist by trade. Mm-hmm. I'm a mm-hmm. board certified foot surgeon. We might yes. get into that just just a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, uh, uh, you know, my uh, the 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 understanding is that that your passion crosses disciplines. I heard Chadwick Bozeman uh, mention that one time, and so I've always had a, a life of wanting to help others, and and, and you know that's kind of how I came on, on board to help uh, veterans. Service, yeah. Terry, thank you for your service. Rudy, thank you for your service. Uh, again, we're popping them on screen. Thank you, guys. We want to just kind of you know share the share the screen with you all here. Uh, we look at this as like a community, and that's really what we want to do is just kind of have a moment here. Um, 
to to Mike's point, I, I really want to get into some details here and then it'll kind of come together. So the topic today is how to file for SSD, SSD being somatic symptom disorder, a mental health condition. And we'll break down a little bit of what that means, but I think it's pertinent to really stage the conversation, not just how to file it, but really understanding how to file the claim and when the claim, but beyond that to understand what is it that you're dealing with to better also ultimately get care. At the end of the day, getting a rating really facilitates and opens the doors for a veteran to get the care and services that they need uh, for conditions they incurred in service. So let's dial back for a second. Talk to me about the doctor piece, right? So we, we've had a lot of it before, but I think it's just pertinent to really talk about that, right? So you're still practicing correct, and you also uh, are dual hatting. So talk to us a little bit about the work that you do on the medical side of the house. So, so again, um, when I when I mentioned that as a podiatrist and podiatry in general, from a scope of uh, a practice standpoint, uh, it's specific to all bones and soft tissue structures of the foot. Uh, and ankle, uh, so ankle joint and below. In some states, it actually goes a bit higher uh, up the leg. In certain states, you can do certain uh, uh, soft tissue things and even bony things, um, again, below the knee uh, and beyond. But um, specifically, most people know us as as foot doctor, whether you uh, general practice uh, doctor or like myself have, again, board certification in foot surgery. So, uh, I'm sure uh, many of our, uh, you know, participants today are aware of things like bunions and uh, pes planus or flat feet and plantar fasciitis, heck, uh, march or military fractures, things that we call them fractures to the long bones and the feet from repetitive stresses and forces, things of that nature, ingrown toenails, fungal toenails, right, Achilles tendon issues, pump bumps. Um, those are things that are specific to uh, podiatry, more or less. Um, and so I do have an active license in the state of Maryland. I've been practicing uh, for the past 15 plus years, probably 16 plus years now. Um, and just as a transition of life, from a transition of life, I, I do practice on a part-time basis, carry a few sessions a, a month um, in the Laurel, Maryland area. Um, and I do VA claims insider coaching uh, mostly. Um, and so I'm again, I'm happy to uh, I can't help but switch those hats a lot of times, DP, between Coach Mike and Dr. Mike. I'm Mike Smith. Um, you know, my, my clients can call me Mike. Some call me Dr. Mike. Some people say Dr. Smith. Mike Michael is fine. I never think too highly of myself in that space, but I do use um, the moniker. It took me a long time to grow into it. Just professionally, I would, I would always use it. Um, but practically speaking, um, you know, when I when I offer the service that we offer, uh, it's even specific down to SSD. We'll get into some examples, I'm sure. Uh, and I have a, a few that even helped me as that professional side where I'm used to a person, individual having a foot complaint. Hey, I have heel pain. And so I, I put together an assessment, treatment and plan. It's different than a coaching process. Um, but I found, again, I can switch those hats and switch those roles uh, just a bit. So just a bit, a bit a bit about that. No, thank you. I think it adds a layer uh, of context, right? We at BA Claims Insider are having a shift, right? And I think it's pertinent to be able to share that the coaches that we have are coming from all walks of life. Right. We have some that are veterans. We have some that are coming from the medical field. Right. We have some that are nurses. We have psychologists. We have a variety of different individuals that are saying 
I want to help and I want to pay it forward. Right. And being in this uh, service industry. Right. You know, you do what you do because you want to serve. You want to help. Um, I think is very interesting. One of the things that I will say that is, you know, kind of a little tongue in cheek. Right. But, you know, come on, Mike, between us. Right. Veterans don't have no issues with their feet, man. What you talking about? It's not like, you know, someone signs up and they got to go ahead and start running two miles out of nowhere, ruck marching and putting weight on their back, or you were 110 pounds wet and you had the ruck uh, 80 to 120 pound, you know, rucksack. And, you know, of course, we all ruck marched, you know, in the service on grass and, you know, soft turf, right? We never had to go up hills or mountains or rocky terrains. Um, flat feet's not a thing I've ever heard about. Knee problems, come on now, jumping out of planes. What's going to happen? What's the worst there, right? Um, you know, obviously, you know, all those things are the opposite, right? It's one of the biggest things that we see. So what we want to do today is really identify something that many can relate to, right? Everyone in the service understands to a degree foot pains, uh, you know, lower leg pains. Because, again, mm -hmm. for many of us, uh, Mike, I'll tell you, in the service, the first time you ever had to run or really push yourself physically for many was when they got to boot camp. Absolutely. Right. We have folks that are athletes that go to service, but you have some that literally they went from the couch to all of a sudden, hey, you got to go ahead and run this, you know, two mile here and X time for your age bracket. And you're like, oh, goodness gracious. Enter shin splints. Right. Enter, you know, additional stress. And it's not like if you decided, you know, you and I decided to, let's say, run a marathon. Right. We put us up on a program. We, we, we would build up to it. In the military, you show up and it's go time, right? Next thing you know, you're marching, you're putting all this aggravated stress. So let me ask you, you know, to kind of break that down, have you seen a lot of that when it comes to veterans as a whole in your practice? Because one of the things, and I want to validate it with your experience is, when we have a veteran, for example, that says, hey, DP, you know what? I, I never complained about this in service, right? I never talk, talked about my foot pains or my, mm -hmm. you know, leg conditions. And I say, when you go to the doctor, there's a certain level of trauma that is not age appropriate to your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And this is key because when you're missing key elements of a claim, you're almost having to reconstruct the crime scene to, to a degree. Right. So, for example, if I were to come see you, Mike, and you went to check my feet and say, you know what, your feet look pretty good, pretty regular. No problem. Or I come to you and you look at my feet and say, wait a second, you have damage and trauma and fractures to a degree where either you were jumping out of aircrafts or you played professionally in a very high contact type of sport. Is that a valid assumption or statement? That is uh, spot on. You couldn't have, have actually hit it uh, more appropriate. And as a matter of fact, uh, DP, I said something, I, I mentioned it earlier. I said March or military fractures in my profession. We literally give the condition uh, of repetitive stress, uh, th those names. And so when we say a March fracture, right, um, veterans understand the level uh, of physical activity, exertion that was required above and beyond. We put it in context of the uh, postal employee plus 30, 50 pound, pound, pound bags, you know, uh, uh, we put it in context of the, the beautician or the big box store worker. Uh, uh, constant, hard, unforgiving surfaces for hours on end. Things specific to foot uh, pain, foot type, activity level, the type of ground you walk on, the type of shoes you wear, increases in weight, changes in these things. And so here you are having the inception uh, of a thing, namely maybe a, a, a mild foot pain in your, your 20s or whatever the case may be, specific to your military service. And as you mature, as you uh, 
gain weight as we age, as you injure yourself on duty and not say anything, right? Um, things tend to be progressive in, in that space. I mean, it leads me to a story even very specific to, to such this thing that, that, uh, that, that actually was my aha moment. I went from, I mentioned uh, Terrell and I just discussing it, um, what he did at VA Claims Insider prior to, you know, me coming on board. And so I actually found some some notes. I took some notes passively over a year ago. I had never heard certain things about, you know, uh, disabilities, but there was this one particular story and it was the aha moment, the light bulb moment, the, the can I get involved moment. I had a patient walk in the door some time ago who had an Achilles tendonitis, right? Heel pain in the back of the heel bone at the Achilles. No big deal in my profession over, you know, again, at that time, I literally have seen it thousands of times probably, right? Turns out that this individual, um, this happens every three to four months. It flares up seemingly out of nowhere, okay? Um, turns out further after questioning and examining, examining uh, him, this in, individual served, it was a, a veteran, it was uh, a rating disabled, I still had no clue what that really meant. The story, however, was that this individual had jumped out of an airplane, broken a hip, had surgery, right, on said hip, and had occasional, and I'm just saying because veterans tend to downplay symptoms all the time, right, had occasional flare-up of this Achilles pain, okay, that wasn't better with any medicine or Motrin or anything like that to date, right, not better by inserts or things that you stand on the machine for. Um, I ended up watching that veteran, uh, well, I didn't know it was the patient, patient walked, and uh, they had a little issue with the way that they walked. Right, there was an imbalance that was obvious to me, and some other things not to be the dead uh, horse in that way. Diagnosed them with a limb length discrepancy, one leg was longer than the other, turns out. Maybe an Achilles tendonitis, maybe some pain they needed. You're filling in the blank, you name it. Well, you know, not high pain, not tremendous limitation uh, from a pain perspective. So they were able to function, but they needed things like bracing. I might have offered custom-made orthotics, just like, you know, uh, uh, somebody offers eyeglasses for, for, for eye issues, right? Something that's all the time necessary, something that you can't function without, something that if you don't have them, DP, if you don't use your eyeglasses, right, you know, good luck. Um, and so the same thing is true with orthotic. Many of the veterans know and understand these very processes on the call from your own individual stories. Um, and so uh, when when I kind of just mentioned that whole explanation um, to, 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 to Terrell or that example, I said, I remember this, this, this time I had a guy. He said, that veteran who was at 30%, he said, man, that, man, uh, that veteran could have potentially been at, should have been at 100% for said issues, um, giving the things that just kind of how, how you told me like that. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's one thing that I've been itching to kind of mention that, that spoke to me. And that was the aha moment when I could see the use of what I did or what I had done professionally all of those years and, 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 and plug it into my understanding of, of, of helping veterans get that ready. And I think that's pertinent because now that kind of segues us into what is somatic symptom disorder, right? So, you know, again, we could do a whole live just on foot conditions and we'll probably come back and circle back to it. But the reality is that many people can relate. So let's validate that veterans have foot conditions and it causes issues for them. So give me, in your professional opinion, 
right? Drop the VC, keep the doctor hat on or put them both on maybe. Um, what are three things that you would say, right? It can be a foot condition, anything, you know, in your profession that you've seen that tend to be the, the most common hindrances to someone's life, right? Um, in, in variety of cases, right? So someone flat feet tends to experience these type of issues that you've seen. What are some things that you've seen as far as like, what you would say like the top three things when it comes uh, in your profession? So, so that's a, that's a, actually a good, good, good point. Um, and um, in general terms, it actually speaks to similar issues. And so let, let's talk a bit. When, when people say heel pain, okay, probably independent of military service, probably the number one thing that uh, uh, patients will come in for. It's also been an estimate some time I last looked at up to 40% of a population aren't seen for foot-related issues. Now, again, you probably have dealt with a virtual room full of folks that had some foot-related issues, but let's just take the benign heel pain, okay? So you get, you, 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 a foot is not a foot is not a foot. 26 bones and all these multiple uh, joints and, and things, you, your feet don't, don't look like uh, the next individuals ne necessarily, but the boots do, okay? So now we're asking, uh, uh, you know, individuals to maybe put a, 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 a what to say, uh, a square hole, round peg kind of thing. Um, and so if early on there's not an accounting of that and you just get a benign heel pain, right, that easily can turn to a lot of times guarding of the same injured issue. So you'll get you'll get a limp. You'll favor mm. that that issue. Everybody knows or people on the call often know whether military service or sports or, or, or you know, working in the restaurant. Um, when you limp or favor a certain, certain thing, you'll get contralateral or opposite pain or same side pain above or below that issue. So heel pain often turns into ankle pain. Ankle pain. You, you, you're trying to say that the song was correct, that the heel bones connected to the what? It frustrates. I think, you know, sometimes I have to mentally prepare when I read these issues, then as Coach Mike, for the high blood pressure angst that it gives me. When mm. I say the song was right, you know, everyone understands if you've ever had a limp, if you've ever lived long enough to sign up for military service, you've probably been limping on some, you probably favored a thing. And if you ever returned too soon, if you've ever ignored it, right? And so so the ignoring of it, ankle pain, can can present right up the what we call kinetic chain, knee, back, all the way through the shoulders. I can see foot issues, not directly, but indirectly, from shoulder tilts when I watch people walk. Mm. So it literally, a, a heel pain, which is a benign uh, 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 condition or rating, could literally, in my opinion, affect a lot of things. And I see that frequently. That 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 probably kind of tops that, you know, three, you know, that, that you mentioned. Mm. Um, uh, nerve issues, nerve pain, neuropathy, right? And I don't want to get too... Uh, uh, far into the, the verbiage and off course, but nerve pains, whether it be shooting, tingling, numbness, burning, something that you might be looking at and it, it, you know you, your foot looks normal, but it presents in the feet. I see a lot of these with uh, diabetic uh, population, diabetes, mm. which uh, um, it, with issues can actually have issues with the nerves that present in the feet as the number two 
thing. Um, this nerve issues, uh, people might have heard the term radiculopathy, so, so to speak, because these nerve terms um, are not specific to diabetes. Back problems can cause that. Cancer chemotherapy treatments can cause it in the feet. Uh, a history of alcohol use, alcoholism can cause it in the feet. Idiopathic, which means we don't know why you get it in, in the feet, right? And that can be measured, right? Um, and so um, oftentimes that that kind of presents it as the number two. It can can pose some issues there, DP, that, that, that when we talk about S, uh, SSD or lifestyle impact, those nerve issues can even turn from just sensory where it feels like a burning or it feels like a fire or pins and needles or prickly sensation or itchy can't scratch or a thousand mm -hmm. ants or glass, right? To actual motor uh, and proprioception or balance changes. So mm -hmm. one that exhibits certain neuropathy issues, especially in the feet, can start to feel uneasy in, in gait or balance issues if the, that, that same nerve thing is allowed to progress. So it just can seem like a, a pain in the foot nerve related, you know, but, but it can really umbrella snowball into a lot, lot more, uh, you know, symptoms. Right. And, and I think, and that's a good segue. Um, so E on the back end, will pull it up here. You know, let's introduce the concept of somatic symptom disorder, right? Not Dr. Mike just bringing this up and saying it, but really looking at, you know, what the actual experts are saying, right? So it's not just us saying something, it's just looking at here now the American uh, Psychi uh, Psychiatric Association, it'll pop up here on the screen. Um, we'll look at what it actually means and says, uh, we could do a screen share on that. You see, you can guys see it here. Um, so one of the things if you actually do a search for a somatic symptom disorder um, and look at, for example, the American Psychiatric Association, it introduces it as uh, a person that can be diagnosed with this having, for example, feelings and thoughts or behaviors related to illness uh, or that are excessively out of proportion, right? Um, again, if you have, a, if anyone has a minute, really pull it up. Uh, I think we might be able to pull it up as a screen share here on our side. Um, but somatic symptom disorder involves a person having a significant focus on physical symptoms such as pain, right? Weakness shortness of breath that results in major distress or problems functioning. The individual has excessive thoughts and feelings and behaviors relating to physical symptoms. The physical symptoms may or may not be associated with a diagnosed condition per se, but the person is experiencing said symptoms and believes that they are sick. They are not faking this. It's not a hypochondriac situation. It's truly a case here where they're dealing with this. Um, one or more physical sy symptoms that are distressing and cause disruption of daily life. This is now the American Psychiatric Association is looking for a diagnosis here. Excessive thoughts and feelings or behaviors related to the physical symptoms or concerns with at least one of the following. Ongoing thoughts that are out of proportion with the seriousness of the symptom. Um, ongoing high level of anxiety about the health or the symptom. Or excessive time and energy spent on symptoms or health concerns. Um, at least uh, symptoms is constant present through uh, although there may be differences uh, symptoms uh, that may come and go. So really now going back to what you said, if we're looking at somatic symptom disorder, part of the argument that we're making is here now what is the relation to this? right? We'll use a foot example, but I'll, I've used with many of the clients that I've worked with an example to say, if Dr. Mike, for example, had carpal tunnel syndrome and he had the inability to use his hands, his impact will be greater than mine, 
right? And I've made this example, so now it's pertinent to actually use it. I'm not going to write any checks. Dr. Mike now may not be able to perform surgery. That now is impacting him more than I. So let's say for argument's sake that Mike and I are both rated 10%, you know, for each risk, combine it, right? So bilateral risk condition rated, let's just call it 10% just for the example. For me, again, I don't write checks. However, for Mike, that is going to cause a bigger impact on his life. So at times we may have an instance of chronic pain being what's causing some of the SSD. And at other times you may have instances where the impact of the actual condition itself, right? Now Mike potentially has lost his identity to do a thing. We've had veterans, for example, that have lost the ability uh, to grab and, and you know utilize their hands. And that, if you're someone you know who's over 50 or over 60, you come from a day and an age where you shake someone's hand, you look them in the eye, and that's kind of how you you know made a deal, right? If you're a carpenter or someone that you know made your living using your hands, losing that is part of your identity, right? Think about someone who loses the ability to walk, the toll that has on them. Right. You have to relearn how to walk, but you have to, you know, and you can talk on this here. Mike, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Just literally just making a very quick example, just to correlate the fact that someone, for example, that loses a limb or loses a foot and has to use a prosthetic. What does that do for that person from a personal point of view beyond just learning how to walk? So so I uh, just again, another example. Um, years back, I, I remember there was a, uh, before even the inception of, of the company we're dating back about 10 years ago, I had a, 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 a patient came in with a crush injury, right? A crush injury to their lower leg that then developed what was then at the time, what chronic pain or chronic pain syndrome, um, the evolution, I guess, of the SSD when we, when we you know, when we talk about it where um, intractable pain, the, the pain just didn't go away, nothing worked. Um, at this time, um, they were uh, to a point where you talked about pain management and pain management therapy had been through several doctors. There was no surgery to, to perform um, because nothing was kind of, uh, you know, normal things. It was a crush injury. It was an issue with the nerve entrapment or something of that nature. The long story short, it came to, to, to me because they wanted to be signed off on, it was an in-network system I was working for, to go and get permission to have their leg amputated below the knee because this uh, individual had developed an uh, addiction to opioid medication trying to keep the treat the chronic pain, had subsequently lost their job, family, wife, and would rather have dealt with the prosthesis um, in that instance. And they, literally the buck was to me, you know, we gotta make sure that you can't do anything to salvage the situation. There was not a brace injection, you know, insert a thing that I could do in, in, that, in that instance. And, you know, that opinion on some level was was signed off on, or, or written, I never, you know. So, so when we talk about how pain, how dramatic that can be, you know, can affect an individual. Um, that 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 is it. When we speak to the specifics of sometimes back issues that will manifest in the feet or the lower extremities. You know, I had a a client um, that that couldn't enjoy a Friday night movie with their spouse because they have to sit on two different uh, uh, environments: one couch, one a heart. So they had to stagger where they sit. Been married all these years because there's a back issue. Uh, classic SSDO lifestyle negatively impact 
you know, process a claim. I know that's not foot specific, but you know, that's a, a true story as well. No, and and I, and, I, and it's pressing because again, we're we're, using, we're realizing uh, foot examples because many people can relate to it, but really, it goes beyond that, right? The example is now a husband that cannot watch a movie with his wife, right? Take it further, right? You, we've had veterans that they are dealing with, for example, issues or conditions that prevent them from intimacy, right? So you're rated for your foot condition, you're rated for your back, but nothing is taking into account the psychological toll that may be present here. So when we talk about somatic symptom disorder, it's a secondary, right, to that primary condition you have. It's saying that though Mike and I have a risk condition, the impact on his life might be more, right? He has these excessive thoughts or feeling of the physical symptom. They are in excess of the condition itself. In plain English, yes, your wrist is jack and you've lost dexterity. However, now Mike has associated that. Again, going back to the to the to the American uh, Psychiatric Association here definition, where we're looking at excessive thoughts or feelings or behavior related to the physical symptoms or health concerns, right? So we're looking at here now uh, ongoing thoughts that are out of proportion with the seriousness of the symptom. Some would read that op opposite, but really what we're saying here is that this can also be looked at to say that, yes, it's a risk condition and you've been rated for it. But now Mike's identity as a surgeon, his identity as a doctor, his identity as someone that uses his hands has been impacted, right? Now, what does that cause for him? And that psychological toll is the root of what somatic symptom is. The example you gave of the husband and the wife that can't sit on the same couch to be able to see a movie, that begins to cause potential you know, issues between them, lack of intimacy. It's not just the ED conversation, it's outright, you just are not able to do things because physically you have certain limitations or impairments, hence a disability. But what's not being factored is the psychological toll of said disability. We have literally veterans in their mid-20s who have lost mobility. They're supposed to be able to go out and go to the next career and do things that they can't do that anymore. You have a 50-year-old who's lost the ability uh, to take care for themselves, and they can't, for example, walk their daughter down the aisle on her wedding, mm -hmm. right? They have mm -hmm. the inability to see their grandkid plays baseball, something that was passed down from generation. He taught his son how to play baseball. Now his grandson has been robbed of that ability. This is the thought process that we need to basically uncover to understand how to make the argument for somatic symptom disorder, because what we're saying is there are instances for many veterans where everyone has felt like I got my rating, but this doesn't match up, Mike, with what I'm dealing with. Like, there has to be more. My back is 20, 30, but you don't understand, Mike. I can't do this and I can't do that. I've lost the ability to do this. I would argue right now that there's someone watching us, whether live on a repeat, that you look yourself in the mirror right now and you don't recognize who's looking back at you. Right. Like, come on, Mike, you know, back in the day, man, you know, let's let, let I'll, I'll be Terrell here. We grew up yeah. together. Right. Yeah. You know, for the fact that, you know what, when it was all said and done, we said when we could, when we would get older, we would do this, that, the third. And here's the reality. We're coming to the end of this first career. Right. We're coming to the point where we're moving potentially into our second or third. And the reality is that at this point in life, we were supposed to do this, right? Maybe for you, Mike, it was riding horses, right? You grew up on a farm and you're gonna retire on a farm. But guess what? What happens when you can't walk anymore? I'm supposed to be able to do this and I don't recognize 
the person looking back at me. Because like the movies, right? We all see ourselves, but we don't really see ourselves, right? You're still that 17 year old kid who said, I'll serve. Or that 17, 18 year old, you know, uh, young lady who said, I'm going to serve. And now here you are, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And to Mike's point, you're downplaying what you're dealing with. But the fact of the matter is, I don't care what your age is. Because right now, there's an 80 year old individual riding a bicycle across the country. There's a 90-year-old individual running a marathon. There are people doing things physically because they can. But as a veteran, we tend to just play things down, say, Mike, you know what? You know, I'm just getting old. I can't do a thing. Stop it. You are trying to do what we've been trained to do. I'll say it again. You're doing what you've been trained to do. And I'm here to tell you that is why you potentially are underrated. Because in the military, we camouflage. Right. We, we train up to do something. And then no matter what branch of service you're in, you learn how to blend into your environment. Right. If you're in military operations or you're in a jungle environment, a desert environment, the goal is to be able to blend into a thing. Right. So let's just use that example. Right. Camouflage. We all understand what that means. That's why we wear the uniform. That's why we wear camouflage. Right. However, we take the uniform off and psychologically we keep doing that. Right. Hey, DP, how you holding up? Hey, you know, man, I'm good. I'm good. Camouflaging. Monday morning. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Hey, you know how it is, man. We can ain't long enough. Camouflaging. You're not saying anything. And it becomes your default set, you know, condition. Mm-hmm. This is not introducing mental health conditions or PTSD or anything else. This is just saying what we do is just camouflaging, right? We don't show weakness, right? We show strength. Right. Don't let them see you sweat. Right. However, now you have a disability and you have the inability to say, I cannot feel my left foot. I cannot do certain things. For example, I've lost dexterity in my hands, personally speaking, right? I have ulnar uh, tunnel disease. So on both hands, I cannot literally feel my pinky and my ring finger and part of the middle finger, which means that what I'm typing is almost with this. And you know how ridiculous it is to be in business and work with individuals and have to be in a virtual environment, send emails and text messages. And I cannot feel the space bar and I can't feel the enter button. Like literally, it's just like, do you know even how to type? I'm like, I like doing lives because I can use my mouth. But if I lose the ability to talk, man, game over. But the fact of the matter is, you can't tell me that this I can I can share is affecting because it's like I cannot feel things. And yeah, I can get a surgery and do a thing, but it's the identity piece. And it's a it's a big deal. There's an analogous people talk about, and I know you mentioned ulnar, uh, but people talk about uh, carpal tunnel uh, syndrome. There's an analogous foot issue called tarsal tunnel syndrome that has a nerve entrapment component uh, to it too. So it, it again it'll it'll manifest itself in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, in, in that space, um, I had a uh, I had a chiropractor. Uh, ten maybe ten percent maxed out at at a, at a back uh, with a back issue that had to or has to um, uh, hold himself against the wall in order to adjust his patients, right? Um, and so able to secondarily connect the SSD uh, to his his maxed out back um, as an example of what we do in that space. And think about the anxiety of having to brace yourself while you're trying to help somebody else's. Back. Think about the identity piece, DP, like you spoke to, um, not only uh, as a provider and, and, and a vet veteran as, mm-hmm. uh, in that space, but then you aspire, get, get to a thing and something that you did X amount of time ago that was not your reality before your service time now impacts you and will never not impact him, if we're being honest, 
right? I had an amputated finger uh, client uh, who was maxed out, Viet- Vietnam vet- veteran era, maxed out at 10%. Uh, and then they took the 10% down to a zero because he said he was doing fine in the CMP exchange one day. We added SSD, um, and you know, with 70 from a SSD, you know, 30 plus years later in a lifestyle impact claim because he famously says or infamously said, however you want to look at it, hey, CMP examiner, you see my, f- my finger never grew back. Right. You know, so -hmm. that's an extreme example, but it's the same thing. Plantar fasciitis. People understand that term. I call it uh, the jokingly in my profession say it puts 10 or 20 years on you that penguin shuffle to the bathroom. I have one thing that when I get on the phone with clients and we're talking about if SSD is a thing, potentially from a pain perspective, I'll ask this question. I'm going to ask it to the room. When was the last time you did not have pain? I have mm. yet. Ask, ask, a, ask it again, because I'm sure somebody wasn't paying attention. Ask it again. When, when was the last day, week, month, or year, decade for some, you did not have pain in something somewhere? And I have not had a veteran that was a client through this process be able to answer that effectively. It's always, I don't remember the last time. You know, and so when you look at that and you you look at your stories, what what amusement park activities are you not doing because your feet flat out hurt? How does that affect your you and your children when they age, mm-hmm. you know, five to before they go to college? Mm-hmm. How does that affect your those things matter and should be rated if you're living with those? And you know, and, and that's what rises to the level of a disability, because I think what people don't realize is. And I, I've said this before, and I'll say it here again. Just because you have foot pain, it's not a disability. Just because you have IBS, it's not a disability. You can have PTSD, it's not a disability. A disability becomes a disability when the medical condition you have has risen to a level where it's now impairing to you, where it now is debilitating you, where now it causes significant impact on your lifestyle. Right. So it's not just I have foot pain, put some orthotics in there, whatever. No, it is now like like Mike said, you now can count how many days you don't have pain, not how many days you do have pain. And when you've crossed that 50 50 threshold, now that becomes your baseline. So it's hard to be able to ask someone if something hurts, because like, what are you talking about? I stay in pain. Right. But to your point now, especially for our combat veterans out there and our Vietnam veterans out there, um, it's even harder. Because what ends up happening is you go from being someone who is strong, who did things and has an illustrious career, and now you have all these physical limitations. So instead of just acquiescing to those things, what you end up doing is retreating and reclusing from life because I'm not going to have Mike see me not able to do a thing. So I'm not going to be able to make it to that gathering. I'm not going to be able to make it to this event. I'm not going to be able to do that thing. And I begin to slowly now be a mental health, right? Start secluding myself, right? I start to develop anxiety of what will they think of me or see me if they don't see what I have been all these years, right? But think about it, Mike, you know, Uncle Bob served 20 years, Vietnam vet, paratrooper, did all the fun stuff. We wanted to be just like him. He was our living Rambo. And the reality is now he is a shell of who he used to be. Yes, he's aged, but he's bore the wounds of battle, the wear and tear of a life lived on the edge. Regardless of your MOS, you put yourself in a place to do things that normal people do not do. So you will not age like normal people do. The problem is when you come back into the world, you are not in the same place. Me and Mike, 
let's say, grew up together, were a month apart in age. But after service, he came back literally 10 years older than me. He's in a whole different world. Psychologically, he's seen things, been exposed to things that I can't relate to. Physically, he is carrying wounds and pains and aches that I'll never understand. So when I want to get together with my friend to do something, my friend's busy that day, right? He doesn't want to tell me, hey, DP, I don't want you to see me this way because you know what angle, you know, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want me to see him this way, right? But the fact of the matter is, He's secluding. He's avoiding. Our friendship begins to fray and separate. And to a degree, you start to perpetuate the things that you don't even want to happen but are happening now, which further compounds the psychological toll, anxiety, depression, right? And all the symptoms that come with that. So when we look at anything you want to file, if you don't understand this, because I'll tell you what, if, if anything else, here's what it comes down to. You have to see a psychologist, you have to have a diagnosis and be able to speak about how that primary condition is affecting you. That's a secondary. So I have a back condition that's rated and a foot condition that's rated that in turn has limited my lifestyle and I cannot walk and I cannot do this. It takes a toll on my lifestyle. I've explained some of those things in the previous few minutes. I'm filing a claim. With those pieces, that's how you file an SSD claim. That's it. However, if you do not understand how to make the argument, it doesn't matter what you do from a textbook perspective or a medical evidence perspective. I would offer to everyone who's not working with us now, because the question is then why should I work with Dr. Mike or one of the coaches over there? It's like what happened on day one of the military. Most of you, I would argue, did not know how to use a rifle, but you went to boot camp. You were taught how to use that rifle. I would argue to you that if you see a doctor and you have medical evidence and all the reports and literature and PubMed and all this stuff, if you don't know how to use it, I'm telling you, you're not going to hit the mark. Because when you take a rifle and you put it in the hands of a trained sniper, game over from two miles away even. But if you put it in the hands of an amateur that doesn't know what they're doing, they can't hit a rock right in front of them if they wanted to. So if you have the medical evidence and you do not understand how to use that, and what I mean by that is tell your story and talk about truly what is happening, you're going to get denied. Because at the end of the day, you do not have the ability to speak to your truth. And that is fundamentally what's plaguing the veteran population, the stigma to say I'm not well, the stigma of being able to say this is what affects me, the stigma to say I lost the ability to do this or that. I'm dealing with a prostate situation. I'm unable to urinate. I'm unable to walk. I'm unable to sleep. Diabetes has caused weight gain. Fill in the blank of all the things you're dealing with. If you cannot be, if you cannot articulate what is happening, all the evidence is not going to work. That's what the coaching aspect comes down to. That's what working with someone like Dr. Mike or all the veteran coach, coaches that we have affords you as a client. It's really being able to understand that, hey, you know what? You have all this stuff here, but here's a little secret I'm going to tell you. All right? I gave you the rifle now. I'm going to give you another one. Part of working with Mike and all the other coaches is you're preparing for 12 rounds. 12 rounds in boxing means you're going to go the full length. Everybody wants to go into the VA claim process like Mike Tyson and knock them out in the first round. 30 seconds. Boom. Down. Done. Rated. I'm out of here. And that's nice. But sometimes that bell rings and it's on to round two. Round two means that first denial, that third denial. By round five, you're breathing hard. Your legs are shaky. You're trying to think your stuff. And at that point, you don't have any more thinking going on. That boxer, that person in that ring, past that six, seven, eight round, no matter how good a shape you're on, it's that it's that ringside coach that is saying, Mike, stop falling for the left, pivot to the right, avoid slip the jab, slip the jab. If you don't have that, <laughs> good night. The professionals have someone. 
the best boxers in the world have someone in that corner saying, you're putting your guard down, keep your hands up. He's catching you on the left. You know what I'm saying? So in this journey, that's what Mike does. Yes, you got denied. I get it. This sucks. Get back up. They 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 stopped us here. We're gonna go here. Military. They stopped us on the left. We're gonna flank to the right. Ultimately, that is what this is about. You need the tools, but how to use the tool, but then the support to say, Mike, they denied me yet again. It is a seventh time. Just forget it. Why even bother? Why? Because you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your family and you owe it to all the things that you've lost. You owe it to the fact that you can't walk your daughter down that aisle. You owe it to the fact that the kids, the kids you have have been robbed of your goodness. They don't know who you are anymore. Back in the day, Mike, if he was, let's say, you know, using Mike as an example, Mike was the life of the party. But now with the ailments and issues he has, you don't see him nowhere. And his nieces and nephews have been robbed that Mike was the dancing machine. He was the one that taught me how to do a thing. And now they've been robbed of experiencing life with Mike and just enjoying moments. And that is the reason why we say you have to fight. You can't just give up and say, I'm not going to file this claim. It's not about you. It's about all the things around you also that have been impacted, the job, the promotion, the family, the spouse, the lost relationships. That's what the somatic symptom is about. It's understanding the impact to your life. If you understand that fundamentally, we're dangerous now. Yeah. How many, how many, uh, how many people with pain, especially in the lower extremities, find nothing amusing about amusement parks? Hello. Right? Just won't go. Yep. Even with a family, just won't go. Opting out of those things can be a big thing again. But what happens? Though, but let's let's dial that back. What happens at that amusement park? What, what what happens is so with with every normal step, right? Two and a half times your body weight, uh, uh, you know, is multiplied over your feet just walking to the bathroom. And so when you multiply that instance over and over, that that stress. Everybody understands why you might might sit home. When I was younger, I didn't understand the individual at an amusement park uh, reading a book on the bench. I didn't get it, right? As we mature and as we experience, I am the person on the, on the bench. I don't have issues, but I don't want them either with a couple knee surgeries personally, right? Individual surgeries. And so um, a lot of mileage, 10,000, 15, 20,000 steps in any given space, a lot of miles on the feet. It just is not done. And you experienced that one good time with somebody with a, a mild or even a moderate, never mind a severe or pronounced pes planus. Uh, and they're just not doing it again in life. They're just not doing it again in life. But I'll give you another one. Right? So now Dr. Mike gave you one example. I'm going to give you the other side, right? Because if you notice, Harry, right, we're playing this game. I'm giving you the physical side. I'm giving you the psych side. Yes, but you miss the opportunity for your niece, your nephew, your grandchild, or your son to have a moment with you. Think about it, right? You know good and daggone well you don't belong in no daggone roller coaster, even if it's a little kitty one. But the fact is you got in there and your kid got to see you freaking freak out a little bit and you took the drop and you got a picture and you put it somewhere and that's a memory. That is what is robbed of a veteran. It's memories, not the money. The rating again opens up care and services, but it's the time you will not get back. You spent the whole career deploying, doing things, being away, and now you're back and you're still away. Come on now. 
I said, you, you spent a whole life being deployed, going away, spending time away from kids and family, going to Iraq, going to Afghanistan, Gulf War, Vietnam. Some folks have been to a few different conflicts, mm -hmm. short deployments, training, all this stuff. And guess what? Then you get back and you can't even get back and you can't even do a thing. So wow. you're back physically, but you can't do a thing. So now for the next 10, 20 years, you can't experience those moments. So now the five-year-old became 10, the 10 became 20, and a 30-year-old doesn't even recognize who you are anymore. All those opportunities are gone. That is what this is about. If you understand that fundamentally, that's what this claim process is. I don't care about no rating percentage or the number of the dollar sign. It's a validity that it's not you, Mike. You experienced something. You were robbed of something. And because of that today, we're going to recognize that and fight for what's right because it's principle. If we can mm -hmm. do that effectively, that's what comes across. Not mm -hmm. just that you got some paperwork to say, look what the doctor said. I got a nexus letter that says it. Man, forget that stuff. You have got to be able to own your truth and say it. And when you're able to have that conversation and explain what's happening, right, that begins to open the door to healing and to have the ability to say, hey, now I can reach back and understand. Because the thing is, when you've been in darkness and you see the light, you can detect the others that are in the darkness as well. Because mm -hmm. I can call my brothers and I know, hey, man, you're full of it. Stop it. I've said all those excuses. I've done all the things you've done. Stop it. Right. So now that I've been able to come out of this darkness, I can now reach back and help somebody else. Each one teach one. I've said this before. Mike has heard it with the coaches that we have internal. We're hiring people. We're bringing on people. But I'll say it again here for all of you to hear. Right. As a director of engagement, my philosophy as an Army veteran and a command staff Marine Corps graduate is Semper Fidelis. As the veteran population, we have failed, been failed. The system has failed us. And the fact of the matter is that here at VA Claims Insider, what we aim to do is to be faithful to those that serve. Semper Fidelis, always faithful. It's not only a Marine Corps thing. It is what we do here. Because there's a veteran right now listening that says, you are saying exactly what I'm feeling. I can relate to what you're saying. And what I'm saying is I got out that foxhole. I got out that darkness. I understand that pain. You can do it too. I won't patronize you with the whole, you should look on the bright side. There ain't no daggone bright side when you're in darkness and pain and you don't want to be around anymore. When your kids have grown up and they're gone and you're by yourself, that doesn't matter. But if you have the ability to speak life into someone else's life, that's what this is about. Find anything, something, I don't care what it is, but you have to try. If not, but for the man to your left and your right. And for many of you, you won't do it for yourself, but you do it for your brother, but you do it for your sister. So I owe it to the person to my left and to my right to try because that, if anything, gets me moving. So again, if we understand this at a fundamental level, this is what will make the difference for us to be able to make valid arguments to the VA and to be successful in our process. But again, it might not happen in one, two, or three rounds, but understanding what you're being robbed of is not a foot condition, man. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, just a migraine or it's not just GERD. You know what I mean? You have GERD. Guess what you're not doing? You're not having meals and outings with your family or coworkers. Migraines, you're missing all kinds of stuff. Back pain, you can't go up a hill and see a soccer game. Foot pains, we just talked about Six Flag Grid Adventure that you're not going to go to. Fill in the blank. These disabilities have risen to a level where they impact your life. And if you can come to grips with that, it's not weakness. It's being strong enough to truly say what's happening. Because here's the easy part. Hey, Mike, eh, you know, I got this foot pain. The knees are bad. The back is bad. It's like a pride. You're like, hey, you know, I can't walk anymore. Hey, you know how it is. But talk to me about how that makes you feel. 
Whoa, ain't, ain't nothing fun about that. Hey, Mike, let me tell right. you. Some days I just wish I wouldn't wake up. Ain't nobody right. saying that. Right, right. When we talk about this, you know, the, the, the link, and it's, it's often the case. It's often the frame case when we're strategizing with clients, you know, uh, veterans trying to understand. Uh, well, they know there's a classic kind of, they know how much pain I'm in. This has been going on. They know I injured myself, you know, 20 years ago. It's in my records. They know. But they keep, you know, they keep me at 10. I'm only at th this 10. Well, it's it's a, dis a thing to distinguish between how your foot moves and why it was rated at that 10%, the range of motion aspect, versus the fact that there's a sensation of giving way that mm. that same foot or ankle might not hold you on account, mm. especially uneven surfaces, prolonged walking with dress shoes to your point about the aisle. If you're developing these issues and so that uneven surfaces or wet surfaces um, or steps going down at a one, two pace of stairs, right? What is, how does that make you feel when you're in a rush to get out the house. I had a veteran uh, client and it was a CMP for the back, I think. Okay, CMP for the back. And it was a range of motion for the back. And so the they had the client undressed for the CMP exam. He said, hey, Dr. CMP examiner, um, I, have a di I have difficulty getting my pants on and off. Okay, I have difficulty getting my pants on and off, right? It's gonna take me some time to get dressed. I can get undressed, it's gonna take me a long time to get undressed. They said, try your best at the CMP examination for his back. It took him 30 minutes to get his pants back on mm. after the CMP examination for his back. He was not there for an SSD claim, by the way, of which now he'll, he'll, he'll be working with. But just that story, how long does it take you to put your pants on, you know, respectfully, DP, mm -hmm. right? Um, and mm -hmm. for me, I, I can tell you with certainty it's not 30 minutes in the morning. And that is a thing. I, I would say that, you know, th there's some comments uh, that we've been seeing here, you know, just kind of scrolling through as, as we're talking. And it's interesting uh, just seeing some of the agreements and folks have said stuff. Dallas said, uh, that sounds like me. Sounds like you're talking about me. If you guys have questions, start populating them down below. We'll start taking some Q&A. Uh, but yes, um, Dallas, I'm talking to you because I'm talking about myself. And that's the difference. And that's the thing, actually. It's that we're all the same and we're dealing with so many similar things. But someone's got to say it, right? And, and this begins the process of getting healing. I, I want to put a few things out there. Again, when we have these sessions, you know, it's such a big topic that we could be here for a while. And we're going to answer questions, as you have seen, those that are live. We have coaches in the comments that are answering live the questions. Uh, so we'll bring some up just for those that would repeat this in other platforms um, or the venues can hear what we're saying. Uh, but in the chat here at the Reclaims Insider public Facebook page, you will see under the video the questions and answers that have been going on in conversations. Thank you to all the veterans that have been sharing, um, that have been confirming, that have been giving you know their perspective on these topics because it really helps the collective know that we are truly a community. Um, it's not just one person saying something. Uh, we've given you some good access to PubMed, to uh, the Mayo Clinic, to the American Psychiatric Association, uh, the DSM-5 links uh, to be able to see these things and look them up, empower yourself. There's knowledge in that. I want to be able to stress that we also have classes that we're rolling out on Saturdays 
uh, inside our Facebook uh, mastermind class. So our mastermind group, rather, is our VA Claims Insider Mastermind. If you are a member of VA Claims Insider, both a master or elite, you have access to be able to join us for some of the things that we're doing. And we're starting to open up Saturday classes. So to give you a rundown, on the 24th of uh, October, Saturday, we're doing a class uh, called VA Math, uh, Taking the Mystery Out of VA Ratings, taught by Coach Hiram Gonzalez. On November 7th, because we're taking a hiatus for Halloween, uh, we have Pulling Back the Curtain on SSD with licensed psychologist and veteran coach John Tremble. Um, so, again, we talked about, you know, different specialties that we have. So, specifically going down the rabbit hole of really deep, going deeper into SSD. All I've read today is just the cue cards you gave me. So, I can't take credit for this stuff. But we have specialists that make us better and give us the information. So, I can talk about foot conditions because I got Mike on the line. So, I can, you know, it's not like I know a thing or two, right? Um, on November 14, we have Agent Orange uh, Claims Confusions for Vietnam Veterans with Coach uh, Aaron Darty. Uh, Darty. Uh, we have on November 21st, we are doing PTSD stress reforms with uh, veteran coach Stacey Allen. So again, VA math, uh, taking the mystery out of VA ratings coming at you this Saturday on the, on the mastermind link to be posted. November 7, pulling back the current on SSD uh, with uh, veteran coach John. On the 24th, Agent Orange claims and confusions uh, for Vietnam veterans. So helping the Agent Orange. Uh, argument there. And then on the 21st, PTSD stress reforms uh, with coach Stacey Allen. Again, bringing you more information to be able to share with you all and give you more value to what you're doing. So uh, I know for a fact that you will definitely get more, um, you know, information. Some of these conversations, I would argue to you all, the more you are around this, the more sense it would make. We can speak authoritatively about these things because we're in this all the time. So we encourage you all to kind of jump into conversations, sit on, on these sessions, see how Mike says something, how I say something, how Brian says something. The goal is for you to learn something. Um, so again, if you have questions, definitely pull them down, uh, post them so we can go ahead and start answering some of those here as we start to wrap up and we'll go from there. Is fibromyalgia rated, and if so, under what category, mental health? So fibromyalgia in and of itself is rated by itself, so it's different. So there's a lot of correlation. If you actually go back on this page, me and Brian did one, I want to say a month ago, on chronic fatigue syndrome. So the issue with fibromyalgia um, and chronic fatigue syndrome is they sometimes tend to be one and the same for some people, but they're not. Fibromyalgia specifically is looking at joint pain, fatigue, and things like that. However, chronic fatigue syndrome specifically is looking at the fatigue that you have that now is debilitating beyond just I'm tired. So fibromyalgia, for example, can be rated as a primary if you've had in-service treatment or complaints for it, or can be a secondary to other conditions. There have been correlations to mental health, to PTSD, other medications or conditions that may well give way to this, right? So fibromyalgia can go zero to 40. Uh, chronic fatigue syndrome can go zero to 100, depending, again, on the level of impairment. So someone who can argue, for example, that their life has been impaired by X percent, that equals then X percent on the rating side of the house. Uh, my advice for this would be you need to consider um, looking at um, a specialist to be able to go and actually get support uh, for this, um, to be able to be diagnosed. So they do a rule out type of conversation. So part of the process there is to say, you know, do you have lupus, for example, or do you have this, right? So one of the internists that we have uh, are the ones that would be, you know, you, you want to go see for that to be able to rule out certain things because there's different autoimmune conditions that you may have. So I would argue that seeing a specialist would be arguable, but 
it will usually start with a general practitioner and they in turn will make the referral to see a specialist and be able to rule out exactly what you have because they're going to be different tests that they will do for fibromyalgia but you may also have chronic fatigue syndrome depending on what you have but part of the rule out process is to see is your chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia if it's let's say fatigue in nature is there a sleep apnea component to it so if you have sleep apnea, we must clear out sleep apnea and say, okay, let's say Mike has sleep apnea. He's on a CPAP machine that still has not improved, you know, his chronic fatigue, though he is getting now, let's say, better sleep quality and what have you. So answer to that being that uh, fibromyalgia is rated by itself. It's different than mental health, but you can have SSD claims secondary to fibromyalgia. Because of fibromyalgia, joint pain, fatigue, and so forth, now in turn, I've lost the ability to do certain things, and the same argument can be made. Let's see what we got here. Uh, currently rated for PTSD due to MSTF50 along with degenerative disc disease um, and a few other musculoskeletal ratings. Can I still claim SSD even with PTSD? And this is a good one. So when it comes to PTSD or mental health as a whole, you can have more than one um, diagnosis. However, the argument is going to be here. They're only going to rate you for one because to be able to differentiate the symptoms, that's where you start going to the pyramiding side of the house. So in your case, you could have PTSD at 50% because of that trauma that you experienced, MST being the point here, right? So now the argument can turn into saying, let's say that while that is valid 50, your physical conditions now have gotten that much worse to where now the more pressing argument that you're dealing with uh, is somatic symptom disorder. Now, the VA can look at this a few different ways. They can raise your PTSD and say all these things are kind of going to the same pot of your mental health and arguably your psychological your physiological conditions are exacerbating your mental health. And that in itself can be cause for an increase on your PTSD because arguably one thing is affecting the other. You can also, I've seen instances where the VA in turn, um, um, uh, okay, um, Thanks, thanks, Eric. And in, in case for this case here, if the argument can go for SSD, I've seen them, for example, award, let's say, SSD at 70 while keeping PTSD at 50. I've seen instances where they'll just increase the PTSD, let's say, to 70 and then lump in the SSD. Or I've seen them even deny the SSD and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to go for the increase on the PTSD. So the argument really comes down to the mental health symptoms you're experiencing. And the VA has different ways they can look at this. So for some, the argument is clear as day that the physical side is outweighing now uh, the trauma in this case. Again, not negating it, just saying it's adding to it. So they can label it as SSD. They can label it as PTSD with SSD. Uh, regardless of how they do it, ultimately, it's going to be an increase. So short answer being that you can go for that increase there um, as far as that's concerned. Um, we're going to do one last pass of the classes as we begin to wrap up. I think most of the questions were um, answered there. So again, October 24th, BA math, um, taking the mystery out of the VA rating. On uh, November 7th, pulling back the current on SSD. Uh, with licensed psychologist, um, veteran coach John. And then on November 14, we're doing Agent Orange claims and confusions for Vietnam veterans with Coach Aaron on the 21st, PTSD stressor forms mm -hmm. with Coach Stacey Allen. So again, the link is here for those uh, that might want to join us. Again, feel free to kind of jump on in here. The class is going to be at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Check on the mastermind. It will be pinned to the top with the link as well so you can join us. Um, as we start to wrap it up, Mike, on your side of the house, um, what would be your, well, you're, you got two hats here. So I'm going to need two from you, brother. I need a VC tip. You know how we do it when we wrap up here. 
uh, for those that are out there listening right now. And I need a Dr. Mike tip. So two tips from you that could be the same or expanded, but what would be your closing thoughts to those that may be seeing us live or may see us in a replay? So that's a, a, a very, very good one. Um, um, Dr. Mike tip. Okay. Um, I get this a lot. Uh, people will say, I'll examine some folks and they'll say, does, I'll ask, does that hurt? Say, no, I wouldn't call that pain. Okay. So if we just give that example, like, well, what would you call it? If it's not normal, right? And you wouldn't call it pain, what would you call it? Right. So for me, when we speak in terms of kind of absolute about a, a, a thing, if you have a not normal sensational feeling, in your foot, you got to count that as a, as a pain, so to speak. It doesn't have to be debilitating or tremendous, but again, that speaks to that principle of downplaying symptoms that, that also might have you getting and seeking treatment sooner. So if you have foot pain, especially nowadays, even though I know, happen to know it still happens where pain is less believable or less likely, especially when there are spouses that are both in service, right? One spouse didn't necessarily believe the other and one spouse was in tears in my office because the bosses or home, there was no outlet to complain about foot pain, right? And so just in general, if you're feeling a thing, kind of own up to it, admit it, go down that road, don't try over-the-counter stuff for, you know, two years thinking that's going to do it, see somebody about it, right? And so that would be the, the Dr. Mike uh, part. Um, Coach Mike, it, it's a similar understanding of downplaying the symptoms, right? Um, learn what the ratings are. What is, what does it look like uh, in black and white, print or digital, at the 100% level on the 38 CFR? What does 70% symptoms of these issues look like? What do the 50, 30, and so forth symptoms look like? Because um, chances are it might look like these stories uh, of people's lives, right? Um, very classic example that I had of a, a veteran, uh, some SSD filing, but uh, how does the fact, and just, how does the fact that he hadn't slept more than two or three hours a night since uh, he was a his partner fell asleep in a Vietnam foxhole. He was getting out of his marital bed, um, uh, marriage one, two, three, you know, on. And the spouse thought it was them. Turns out there was some issues with the way and how he could arrange or sleep in certain rooms and things of that nature. Um, and so, it, you know, I would say, again, know what you're up against. Start to learn that your symptoms, your story, your desire not to want to go to the amusement park actually may be something that can turn or morph into uh, a, a disability, DP, to, to your point, from a diagnosis. So those would be- Oh, no, thank you. Points. No, those, those are two awesome points. Um, Dennis, rated at 70 SSD, you feel the rated didn't get it right, you push back, go for a high level review, right? Argue for the symptoms if it didn't get it right. Uh, Steven asked a question, basically, if he has SSD, can he basically go now for PTSD and sleep apnea secondary to SSD? Arguably, you can maybe go for sleep apnea there, but I would tell you that you, you you won't be able to go secondary for mental health to mental health. So you can't do SSD secondary to PTSD or PTSD secondary to SSD because now pyramiding comes into play and the symptoms tend to overlap. So that won't be something you would see. Like I said earlier, you might see a flip where they might just award one or the other uh, there. Um, on my side of the house, I would say in closing, you know, as Brian kind of said it a few days ago, you know, the book is coming out. We have some amazing things coming. So stay tuned for that. Um, but 
as he kind of teased out, right? You served, you deserve. And part of that includes now giving you all the permission to get the help. It's okay to not be okay. Lightning didn't strike. We're still here. The world didn't end. The fact of acknowledging and accepting that we need assistance and help does not take away from who we are as individuals. So it's okay to be okay. And to echo Brian Reese when he said it a few weeks ago and he's been saying on his lives is we are giving you permission to retake back your life. Get that rating. Get the help you need. So if you see us and you're hearing us wherever you are, guess what? This starts the process. Today, make a change to do something about it. Go reach out to that doctor. Stop being stubborn and hard-headed. Go out, reach out to someone. Even if you're working with us, we're going to send you the psychologist of the MET team, which in turn says, go see now your regular doctor. Make this part of your therapy plan. Everything we're talking about is a beginning of a journey. So we want to make sure that you understand that it's okay. Go get the help you need. There's nothing wrong with that, right? You're still will always, it's like, you know, it's like um, for me, right? You know, I'll admit I am a diehard 80s action movie fan, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't care if Sly comes out with Expendables 20 or Rocky 25 or Arnold Schwarzenegger has Conan the Barbarian 52. I don't care. <laughs> he could wheel himself in a wheelchair. I am going to watch it because I grew up on Rambo, the Terminator and that stuff. And that to me will always be a thing. So Arnie, running Sly, man. Running Man, look, they don't age to me. And by that, I mean that those of you that have served, we always will honor and respect what you've done. You don't, you're not the 20 year old that you were, but it doesn't mean that you aren't the warrior that you are today, right? Arnie is still Arnie, Sly is still Sly. Our heroes are still our heroes. It goes beyond the physical. You have to understand that when you look up to someone, it's beyond what they did physically, it's who they were, right? My grandpa encouraged me to do something, and it was his support and love and guidance and his service that made me want to serve, not his physical prowesses. I respect him as much as when he was in his 30s, you know, when I was a kid, a baby, and he was in service to when he was, you know, in a wheelchair. You know, our heroes are our heroes regardless of where they are. So allow yourself to just be because there's something inside of each of us to help someone else. So you may not be who you used to be, but damn it, you're still here. And that means that we need you to be here, to get well, to reach out, to get the services you need, because there's someone behind us that may become a statistic. And we may be the only difference between that person waking up tomorrow, having a reason to move forward and just saying, why even bother? So check on your strong friends, check on your weak friends, check on each other. We have the permission to get what we deserve. We're not groveling for anything. We're fighting for what is ours. We served our country. We fought for freedoms and defend those that could not do that thing. So now in turn, let someone fight for you. And that's what we do here. We fight with you. We're in the trenches with you. We know how to get out of that foxhole, out of that darkness. So in typical army speak, follow me. We'll lead the way because we know how to get there. That's what this is all about. So we thank you for being here. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Lisa, for being behind thank the curtain, you, supporting us uh, today. You, All the coaches who are down in the comments uh, section, um, answering questions and reaching out, you know, keep bringing your questions to us. Keep challenging us because it makes us better. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being with us today. Like Terrell would say, you could be anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with us today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, DP. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, my brother.